It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are so excited to be talking about our unicorn space with New York Times bestselling author, Eve Rodsky. Eve has a new book out that is about finding your unicorn space. I can't tell you how much January of 2022 does not feel like a unicorn space. So Eve, we, we need you. Um, give us the definition first. What What is it that we're trying to find here? Well, I think what we're trying to find is what a lot of us have lost in this great disruption, but are hoping to return to. Um, I really dislike the new year new you uh, nomenclature, Zerlina and Jess, because it connotes that we have to just keep reinventing every single year as women. And I actually think um, it's much more subversive to reinvest in ourselves. And that's what this idea is about. It's, it's about the fact that we all need to take up space. Um, and when we can take up space that's magical, but doesn't freaking exist, then we can um, not only return to ourselves, but the subversive nature that we would act as women outside of our roles as parents and or partners and or professionals. And by professionals, I mean anybody who works for pay. <clears throat> by professionals, I mean anybody who works for pay or who doesn't work for pay, works in the home. Um, that, that is not something that we are taught to do um, as yeah. women. I mean, one of the things I think a lot about in the pandemic is everything. No. Um, (laughs) One of the things I think about is whatever picture I had in my head of like what I wanted my life to be, um, that is like different now (laughs) um, in this pandemic because it made me reevaluate everything. Um, You know, and and what, what are even my goals for having a family like that everything is recalibrated because of the moment we're living through and I had to sort of reflect on each individual thing but I also found that over the holidays thinking about the new year was like do I come up with goals for this like (laughs) isn't it just like live to the next year you know survive stay healthy um and just focus on that. So, so do you think that sometimes we, I don't know, do we make our list too long? Maybe we, we, maybe it's like one central thing where you're creating this space that's magical, where a lot of things can happen, but it really is towards like a central goal of like happiness and like health. And that's really like what we should be pushing towards. I love that so much because I actually think that um, the right wing has co-opted positive psychology to basically say, well, happiness research shows that, you know, people have a baseline of happiness, so might as well not give them a social safety net, right? So I think happiness has become, you know, everything has been, as you said, sort of just been turned into mush, you know? Um, So I think 
what was really interesting about the data and I'll nerd out here with you because I've heard you do that before. I know you do that. Um, is when you say to your children, I want you to be happy or to yourself, you actually end up more sad. Yeah. Uh, you can gratitude journal yourself to death in a lot of ways. Um, and all these happiness practices, like you said, these goals, what, where happiness should live, um, the good place for it, uh, especially in a, a great disruption society is as a clue. So I think Zerlina, what you're talking about, about the disruption of your own life goals, I think are so, so profound because if we can actually get quiet, have that space to tinker, to think, to ideate, to dream, then what starts happening is that we can listen to our feelings and feelings are great clues. So happiness is a great place. It's great to leave it as a clue, just like jealousy and sadness and anger, rage. Those are also good clues. Um, And as we move towards things that bring us this active state of happiness, um, when it combines with meaning, that is what we're seeing in the data shows us we're on the right path. So we know happiness without meaning. I mean, I did that all the pandemic. It was called like eating a shit ton of banana bread, right? I mean, I, I emotionally ate myself through the pandemic. People are drinking more, you know, we have hedonistic well-being. Um, there's a lot of meaning without happiness. I would say that that's called parenting or caregiving. Um, people root having a root canal over handling their toddlers by people, I mean me, Eve, and also the science. But when you get to a place of happiness and meaning, these flow state pursuits, these active pursuits, and I would argue that this is a unicorn space. What you, Jess and Zerlina, what you do is a unicorn space. It's an active pursuit that combines curiosity plus connecting with your guests and each other. And then the hardest part for a lot of women, completion that you actually did it, you got it out in the world. I would say that that is, is what I, I wish for most women, that intersection like, of happiness and meaning. I kind of, I kind of feel that way about, I, so I was taking, I do feel that way about this show. Like I do, I do end the show feeling more energized than I did when I started. And sometimes that's because it's very early in the morning and I do have more energy at 9 a.m. than I have at six, but I, I do feel like, the conversations that we get to have in the morning sustain me in a way that the other kinds of work that I do don't. So I had just sort of put all of the work together and then said, okay, work doesn't count. Wherever I am as a professional can't be my unicorn space. I don't have any creative pursuits. Like I don't have any artistic talent. I enjoy cooking, but that's sort of a I'm feeding people. It's got to happen. Someone's got to cook. I enjoy yoga, but it's working out. I got to work out. You you need to do that. When I think about like, okay, if I have a couple hours to myself, what do I want to do? I want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. And that is the saddest unicorn ever. (laughs) Like, how do I reorder my brain? So I'm not (laughs) like feeling guilty for the stuff that I like, because it's not interesting enough and not making space for the more help. (laughs) <laughs> I, I get that. Look, you know, I'm not here to shame, shame you to make you feel guilty about, you know, binge watching Netflix. But I think that any, any time we can get more data and understand that being small 
in our happy but not meaningful pursuits is actually very helpful to a capitalist patriarchy because um, then then at least we understand why we all want to wear you know truly feminist shirts like Zerlina is wearing today. Um, I would say again, I think you are both in a very special place because I'm going to. It, I know that secret formula of creativity, which is that curiosity plus connection and completion happens in the show. I hear it when you talk to each other. So you're lucky because Jess, you may need, because you have a creative job, you may not need another unicorn space at this time. But what I do find is that it's iterative. So for me, the gender division of labor is my unicorn space. It has nothing to do with art or paintbrushes. It was getting curious about the gender division of labor. But when I started this project 10 years ago to understand why I was being defined as the fulfiller of my husband's smoothie needs and how my life had become so dull and sad because my identity was not, I didn't even have a name anymore. I was wearing, walking around like a zombie with a name tag that said Zach's mom on it. Um, when that was happening to me, being able to get curious again and as my friend said, well, what do you mean by curiosity? I like to scroll my friend's Venmo transactions. And I'm like, <laughs> well, not that type of curiosity. That's voyeurism. But curiosity that aligns with your values, that's where you start. And so I would say that the more that you know that, and you know, I see your values here and you say, well, I, I get that with the podcast. I get that you know, with my show. Not a, I, I'll say that again. I get that with my show. We're both. It's yes, okay. or both, or both. Yes, <laughs> you know, it is. Um, it becomes iterative because then you recognize what that feeling is. Oh, I lost myself in that hour, and I loved. And so I don't know. Maybe you and Zerlina will do a one woman, a two woman show or something. I don't know. It'll just it it just iterates on itself. No, I think I think that's right, Jess. And I think that my therapist said some. Remember at the beginning of the pandemic, the reason why we joked on the yes. show because we had a K-pop theme Tuesday. Uh, to put us in better moods because Tuesdays are hard sometimes. Um, but but we the reason I sort of I I organically discovered K-pop and it became a thing that I was like this is amazing it makes me feel happiness and joy and so then it became like this whole thing and I was like okay I'm learning Korean okay now I'm watching all the dramas to pra to, to practice my For Korean real. so now so now this has become like a full blown hobby but at the beginning of the pandemic my therapist told me you don't. You don't need a hobby. You need a nap. She said, you need to schedule a nap, not a hobby. Like you're not, don't schedule another activity because you already are doing so many things. And I think that th there's a point to that. Like if you're able to sort of get that fulfillment and create a unicorn space within your job, do it. You're lucky. Like very You're lucky. Absolutely. Nap. And you also need, and I think, you know, yeah. again, the idea that um, the problem often is that Typically, it's hard. Sometimes, what happens in my data, what I found with people whose jobs are their unicorn space or have unicorn space components, often, as your therapist says, what happens is you forget that you need rest, yep. actual yeah. true self care, not commodified wellness, nothing you have to pay for. You need rest and you need friendships right. outside of your work. So, because what happens is in this, the this data shows this too, that when you're in a flow state, when you really do have a creative life, it, 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 it can become all consuming. So that is, 
one and and then the the problem on that end is that then your completions have to be externally rewarded and i will tell you whether you make a dollar from this or a billion dollars it's important whether you get the whatever awards that you are you know here people are get for whatever you know webbies or whatever the radio awards are i don't know what they're called oh shit we didn't get that right then all of a sudden completion starts getting muddied with extrinsic mm-hmm. praise yeah. So if you know that you can keep this, this unicorn space pristine because you love it, you have each other, your spiritual friends, and you don't let it get muddied and you keep that intention, that's a beautiful thing. If you're on the other end where you say, I don't even know where I would go to find it and what yeah. is wrong with you because I have no time and now you're shaming me to think I need to be interested in my own life. I will say that actually, yes, um, because the antidote to true burnout, we're, we're past taking a walk around the block. We're past having yeah. a drink with their friend. Really, truly, the the only antidote to burnout is being interested in our own lives. Yep. And again, as women, that's a subversive concept because the more that we can stay interested in being young, appearing young and, and small in our bodies and starving ourselves and uh, wanting the third child because that's what everybody in, my neighbor, in your neighborhood does, and aspiring to the nicer car and working harder for that, that all feeds into the capitalist narrative. Um, rest, active pursuits that make you come alive. There's actually really not a place for those uh, yeah. for women. We 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 feel guilt if we engage in them. Like I'm, I watch my my partner has all kinds of interests that have nothing to do <laughs> with his actual vocation. I, I'm watching my mom's partner, like he's turning 80 in April and he just picked up photography. Like why, or watercolors, like what? But if I spend, like, I feel like if I'm gonna spend time on something, it needs to either make money or be exceptional. Otherwise it wasn't worth my time spending on it. If there are other women who are feeling that way about it, and I wish we had like another 20 minutes, apparently we only have like two, but. <laughs> How do you get us over the guilt? Help us get over the guilt of spending time on something that we might not be excellent at. Oh my God. That's the first time I think anyone's ever explained that so beautifully. This idea that we're allowed as women to be excellent if we're really going to be the best at what we do, um, or we're allowed to be in service of others. But right, like outside of that, it's actually very subversive too. And what I would say is the, the first thing we can do is recognize that um, this is not our, our fault. Um, we are, I think we can end on the, a big concept and say, this is a one one and I would love to come back. And I think, please, you know, anytime. this is, <laughs> this is something to, that has taken me 10 years to learn, but as a society, we have decided. And as Jess, you just said about, you know, our male partners, which again, backed up in science, men, men legitimately have more leisure time than we do. It is because as a society, we've chosen to guard men's time as if it's finite, like diamonds and treat women's time as if it's infinite, like sand. And if you grow up like that, understanding that when women enter male professions, salaries automatically go down. When you uh, tell women that breastfeeding is free, when it's an 1800 hour a week, 1800 hour a year job, um, when women then start devaluing our own time by saying, in the time it takes me to tell him, her, they what to do, 
I should just do it myself. And we take on all the unpaid labor um, in the world when we don't unify as feminists because we think we have to be excellent on the backs of the undervalued labor of women of color. These are all very um, important things that happen to us when we devalue our own time. It's, it's so profound. Jess, you gotta, don't, don't keep that, don't hold that shame. I know, I know. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna re-listen to this uh, a this couple awesome. of times a week. This inspired me also because remember just my original hobby earlier in the pandemic was dancing, but I was like, and I was investing like all this time practicing and I still sucked. And I was like, all right, you gotta like move on from this. <laughs> don't have to be good. It doesn't have to be, but that's what I mean. That's it. You could just do it because completion is, is doing the routine, Serlina. And that's actually what happens is that for me, it was dance too. And again, I will never allow you to use the word hobby ever again, because it connotes in frequency and it, so it's going to be unicorn space, but a unicorn space can be something we can dare to suck and sure. We want to get better, but, um, I have a bone spur from, uh, dancing barefoot in the nineties and a million bunions. I'm never going to turn the way I used to turn ever. But then I saw Britney Spears in some videos and she wasn't turning the way she used to turn either. And I was like, okay, well, that's good. We're fine. You know, so (laughs) I can be the dancer who I am, you know, and we can do it together. Let's do, we can find a fun TikTok and we can, let's do it virtually together. All three of us. I'm in. I'm just kidding. I'm just the book is find your unicorn space. Please come back and help us. We clearly need you. Um, and I think everybody needs this book. So hopefully you're running out to buying it right now. I hope you have a lot of fun today. I hope you do something that makes you feel really happy. And lean into that K-pop. That is awesome that you're learning Korean. (laughs) It just like changed my life because it's just given me something that I, I always wanted to learn other languages. And I was like, why not now? It's literally dystopian pandemic outside. And so we're going to do it. What am I waiting for? I'm writing that down. Why not now? I think that's, if if there's anything that this episode has told you, literally, why not now? The world is burning. Why not I'm taking dare to suck. I'm not going to put it on a (laughs) t-shirt, but that's the mantra that I'm bringing into. (laughs) Brodsky, thank you so much. We're going to let you go keep your busy day, but this has been just great. Bye. 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 Thank you. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.